Should I bother everyone for a minute? Uh, let's take a look at the big one. Now, the outgassing has created a vent a half mile wide and at least two miles deep. The comet gets close to the sun, the sun melts ice, ice turns to steam, we get a big hole. Okay? So, how many nukes we have left in the back? Four. Okay, if we can get the remaining bombs in that vent, there shouldn't be anything left of that comet bigger than a suitcase. Now, we can't do anything about the little one, but, uh, you know, it just might give them a chance. Now, without the Army codes, we're gonna have to wait to set the bomb timers until we get closer to Earth to raise Houston. We may not have enough life support left to get back into the cargo bay for the nukes, much less to look down on the comet. We sure as hell don't have enough propellant left in the Messiah to, uh, to maneuver with. How are we supposed to get back off the surface once we've, uh, once we've gone down there? We don't. Look at the bright side. We'll all have high schools named after us. Welcome to Flyby Films. Once or twice a month, using the magic of distance-defying tubes or some shit like that, we get together to discuss films that either have been or will be forgotten. I'm Blake Collier, and across the universe on the line in Chico, California, is my friend and co-host Jameson Barsodi. On this episode, we are going to be talking about the film Coherence. Now... This film is a little indie sci-fi flick from, I don't even remember the year. What, 2013? Something like that? 2013, yeah. Beautiful. 2012. They didn't even have it in front of me and I guessed it. Okay. 2013, uh, the idea is a dinner party of friends uh, turns into a paradigm-shifting interdimensional war of selves. And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> and it's a man it's a it's a hell of a ride um my first question jameson is did you see the movie plus one that came out this around the same year if not the same year that was a similar uh idea plus one yeah um, literally plus the symbol for plus and one is there any defining characteristic in this movie that would maybe dredge up a memory well from what i remember of it and it's been since 2013 probably since i've seen it but it takes place at a party like a college party and weird shit goes down but i don't it's it's a similar thing like a interdimensional like people finding themselves blah 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 doppelganger idea oh you know i just looked up the cover for Mm -hmm. this it's a pretty recognizable cover i i recognize the cover i don't think i've ever watched it unless Mm -hmm. i did and i just didn't remember it um yeah it other than the cover i'm not yeah not remember it's 
it didn't stick with me as as much as coherence but it's been brought up on a few things i've run across with coherence as being you know that that thing that happens in hollywood where two movies are basically the same plot like notoriously the same plot yeah come out the same year it's like deep impact and armageddon or yeah there was there was a, a romantic comedy. There was like uh, it was called like Friends with Benefits, and then like No Strings Attached or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. That uh, that idea. One of them yeah. was Natalie Portman. One of them was like Mila Kunis. And, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. Which actually weren't they uh, in Black Swan? Yes, which is also a great film. Which it, terrifying. It's, it's an Whoa, okay film. It's Whoa. an okay film. Whoa. But Whoa. weirdly, Black Swan was a film I was thinking about while watching this movie. Well, we're going to have to get into that later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How fascinating. Hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. We can talk um, about yeah, that later. It, for, the, for the listeners, this, since this is uh, audio... Uh, I am scratching my uh, ill-defined uh, sh- shadow of a beard, scraggly though it may be, in pursuit of trying to figure out what Jameson's connection might be. But I, we'll all I, find out later on. Yeah, I, I won't go into it, but I do think that there is a strong connection between these two films. Okay. Uh, but, okay. Uh, but yeah, Coherence is uh, a little miracle of the film uh oh god no kidding it's yeah you know i sometimes get sad because i'm like there aren't movies like coherence anymore but i mean there are indie films but i feel like even indie films these days are like big budget like yeah you know it's not a real indie film unless it's an a24 indie film right like uh, uh i i really want to kill you right now <laughs> no i'm just saying i'm just saying that's you know that's the feeling that you're talking about yeah with this mm-hmm. big budget name like it has to have you know a, a certified indie uh yeah stamp on it um but but this you know this didn't have that although it did so actually for Around the bend of the uh, of 2010, there was a nice indie uh, production company called Oscilloscope, and if mm-hmm. you remember, Oscilloscope was owned by um, one of the Beastie Boys, and it was started by one of the Beastie That's Boys. That's right. I completely forgot about that. And I loved oscilloscope like i don't actually know if they're still making movies um i feel like i've seen their their logo on something recently but i couldn't tell you for sure yeah they they took more risks on things like uh like you'd get movies like like coherence you'd get movies like uh my favorite christmas film um rare exports mm, so, yeah that's a good yeah, one yeah if you that's a good if, one didn't they do one of the early uh benson moorhead films 
Yes, I think they did. Like resu- resolution, or maybe. Uh, I I believe they did resolution. Let yeah. me see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they just. You know, I think I remember. I just remember they had this really good st- string of years where they just hit it out of the park. So yeah, but and then they quit. And that's that's the way all great entities go. You you start it, you go strong for a good period of time, and then you know when to back out. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if they've quit. I just they they haven't done as many. So yeah, and actually that might that might be because it's uh, it was started by the BC boy that died. Um, so Ad-Rock. I don't yeah. yeah. Um, and I might be f- completely fucking this up, so please, you know, don't write in or do write I in if think, if I'm getting all. I think Ad Rock died in 2009, so I don't think that was him. Yeah. Okay. Well. So. Yeah. Anyway. As the resident hip hop guy in the uh, in the community here, so I have a vague memory. Well, no, no, no. Take that back take that back I'm, I'm placing myself when i first heard of his death no it would have been 2012 2013 yeah so this might have actually been his now that i think about it yeah i don't i'm not sure hmm fascinating stuff jameson yeah i mean you don't you you'll get the occasional skin rank or something like that that yeah. comes out of nowhere and actually gets some critical acclaim that's actually indie. Like, I think that one was $15,000. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you don't get that much anymore. And maybe, maybe you never really did get it. I think, I think these, these types of films loom so large in my mind because like primer was such an inspiration to yeah. me. Like, oh, what you could accomplish with, you know, with drive and a a little bit of cash. Um, But honestly, I just don't think these things pop up that often. And that's that actually isn't a negative thought, because I think the negative thought is these things don't happen anymore. But what I'm saying is. No, they will happen again. Like, it's like uh, my friend was telling me about the, the uh, in the Bible, there's the, like, there's the branch of Jesse or something like that. This little the tiny. The root of Jesse? The yep. root of Jesse. This little tiny mm-hmm. thing that pops up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's this thing that you hang your, your hopes on. Um, and that thing just keeps coming up. Uh, but, like. Uh, kind of like a penis. Yeah. Exactly, exactly like a penis. So, um, I think I just, I think I just compared our Lord and Savior to a, a penis, but yeah, that's okay, I guess. Well, you know, if if we know one thing that just keeps coming up, it's a penis. It's an erection. So, that's right. It's an erection. Uh, but yeah, you know. I mean, I I compared him to indie films, but uh, you know that's yeah. But hey, uh, that's what we're here for. 
skirting yeah. the realms of blasphemy. That's right. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think I think again, like my my hope for cinema is is buried in my hope that there are indie films that can break through. So you know, yeah. it is this big mythological hope that that I keep uh, keeps me going. So oh, yeah. anyway, for sure. But for yeah, sure. this, I guess my point is like this movie coherence fits in my mind, in my like film canon in that history of little magical indie movies that, that get me excited about yep. the art form again, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. I got to fit this one in with like the, the Donnie Darko's, the, the primers, the, yeah um skim ranks the you know, just a string of movies throughout the last probably 30 ish years uh mm-hmm. that have kind of gone under the radar but have gotten those who have seen it love it you know so they just didn't get as wide of a release um yeah and i think that's why i chose this movie like um it it it's just so exciting i don't know oh and yeah and um it's cool i i i feel like i get annoying with mentioning this but the first time i saw this film was at the santa cruz secret film festival which was a very very you and your you and your fucking film festivals man it it was the only one that i ever really went to um and it was uh Man, yeah, you, apparently you hit the jackpot and saw every great film there that one time. No, no, I went five <laughs> times. I went every year oh. I was in grad school and um, and they just were so good at picking movies. Um, so mm-hmm. that's I lucked out. Um, I, well, I, I mean, really... it's 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 also it totally fits within your kind of pick, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 got everything that you that I've grown to uh notice about your taste in film (laughs) i mean it's got i mean i i feel like you do like uh almost a guerrilla style uh filmmaking and that i mean this this movie is from what i could read up on largely uh a lot of it is improv uh at least in the in in the dialogue between the people of course uh, and I, oh man, I think I read something, uh, an article about this maybe a while back before I'd even chosen it that, uh, there was this, like the director would keep the actors in the dark and would at certain times within the filming of the show, like take one of them back and say here's your motivation this is what's going on in the background that's not fully in the front of you know the audience and he would then release them all back into the into the <laughs> the improv and they would have to like like adjust and, and so like interesting from what it sounded like that he was actually like manipulating as they were filming and and so that was fascinating to me and part of the reason why it was just a solid pick 
on my part to uh, really, really drop this little diamond in the rough here. Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was a But great... I also had ulterior motives. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah. What can you no. say? I, yeah, I know, I, I, I listened to your intro, so I know, you know, you had these ulterior motives for picking it, but like, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great pick to end the year, so I enjoyed rewatching it, so. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. No, no complaints on this end. I do have a complaint that we are getting way too close to talking about the movie right now at the beginning of <laughs> yeah, the fucking podcast i feel like we've gotten really bad about that you know we gotta leave we gotta leave some drops for the listeners to get yeah, excited we can't just have them listen the first 30 minutes and shut the rest off yeah we're we're wetting their appetite right now yeah like, yep we're getting yeah getting them revved up so that they can make it through the bullshit we are their thirst trap Yes, this is a thirst trap. Yep. I hope you all are thirsty. Yeah, because it's it's coming your way. Yeah. All of it. At one time. Yeah. But, uh, okay, Blake, how have you been? Uh, tired. Um, as many who work in a uh, endlessly dull corporate job, um... It's the end of the year, which means everyone thinks that they can get some shit done and they can't because most places close at least one, if not two weeks, especially in the construction industry. Yeah. Um, and so we're rushing to get deadlines that ultimately don't matter. But that's that's saying that any of them actually do matter in the first place, which really they don't, at least in the world of retail. Because I don't know if you know this, most of the companies I build buildings for, they don't they don't need the money. They've got plenty. One more story is not going to change their bottom line. They're rich. At th- at this point, it's pretty much pointless to even calculate like the difference one store would make. So, Oof. yeah, yeah. Eh, but you know, I mean. I gotta keep my job. I gotta feed the kids. I I know I know how you feel. I know how. You feel. <laughs> I um, I. It's am funny in how that a similar happens. situation where, in my job, um, we're all pushing to get a big project done by the end of the year, and it's. It's literally just so things look better to, you know, to random rich people who, I don't know, it, it's a very, in my mind, it's a made up goal and there aren't clear, uh, clear guidelines for what you can do and we i have someone in my life right now who is telling me that there are no rules but every time i make suggestions (laughs) they keep giving me more rules to uh Ah. to enforce it and it 
just feels like a stupid extra game to play before we end the year out. And no one needs this. It doesn't mean anything. Do you ever just feel like the mouse that is getting, like, tapped by the cat? Like, not eating it, just playing with it. Like, just kind of tapping it around, you know, pawing at it. But not actually hurting it, just kind of, like, pushing it around, you know, playing. Yeah. That's how I feel sometimes. They're just toying with me. That is exactly how I feel, and that's what my cats do. Um, there aren't any mice in our house, but every once in a while a bug will get in. Yeah. And they, I just want them to, they're going to eat the bug eventually, mm-hmm. which is gross, but, and then they're going to come lick me and that's even grosser, but like, they're going to eat the bug. But you're also kind of thankful. Yeah. Because they ate the yeah. bug. But I want them to just get it over with. Instead, they play with the bug for like an hour and sometimes they don't even end up eating it because it gets away or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's like mangled. So poor bug. Well, how would you feel if your species was uh, dominated and ultimately tamed <laughs> over a period of time? And and the only way you can get your rocks off is to play with a bug. Oh, I mean, yeah. No. Come on. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> But at the same time, if your whole thing is like hunting and killing and then sleeping for 20 hours of the day. Yeah. I mean, you're ripe for being domesticated. I'm oh, I'm yeah. sorry, but like Yeah. your your societal evolution is determined. Yeah. Yeah. Survival of the fittest and all that. Sur- survival of the sleepiest yeah yeah it is amazing how how sleepy cats are and how they've somehow survived evolution oh yeah oh yeah i mean they draw from that strength yeah that well that they create um i do want to give a shout out to my cats though i feel like i shit on them a lot But uh, I've been really appreciative of how cool they've been with Hazel. Because Hazel is finally getting to the age where, like, he can mess with them and he wants to. Because he realizes, like, oh, there's this cool little creature that doesn't look like mom or dad in the house. Mm -hmm. And uh, William Blake in particular likes interacting with him and will come over. And Hazel will, like sometimes be gentle and sometimes be way too rough and Mm -hmm. all william blake does is removes himself from the situation like when it gets too intense and he's just very good at that and and nobody is also good at it too she doesn't ever swipe at hazel she just tends to avoid him more but yeah anyway um how are your cats with Seamus. Oh. I think I may have lost Blake. I'm back. Oh, there he is. There he is. Uh, this has happened twice already. 
So we'll see yeah, how the I, rest of this. this I noticed goes. it happened before, but uh, I um, I was able to like continue. This time I was caught off guard. Um, well, I but, actually uh, have something to add to it because my cat's coldly indifferent to 2.0. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He just kind of like stares at him and walks away. Um, he has swiped at my three-year-old on numerous occasions, but mm-hmm. he also kind of deserves it because he yells at Atticus, like goes up to the chair he's laying on and starts, go away, Atticus, <laughs> go away. <laughs> and he swipes at him sometimes, but uh, yeah. That's very Atticus rude, is coldly but also indifferent. very funny. Oh, it's hilarious. And yeah. it's also hilarious when he gets swiped at. I mean, I still gather him up and it's okay, yeah. it's okay, whatever. But I still think it's funny because I'm like, you oh. know, you kind of deserved it, you. <laughs> I No, I agree. And, you know, one of these days, Hazel will probably push it too far with the cats and the cats will push back and yeah. uh, and he'll have deserved it and... You're right. You pick them up, you comfort them, and then you try to get the lesson through. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, you can't be mean to cats because you can't take you take the cat out of the wilderness. You tank. You can't take the wilderness out of the cat, no matter how much they're dominated. Yeah. Um. Speaking of of two point mm-hmm. you texted me a few days back. And told me something exciting. Uh, 2.0 has an official name, right? Yeah, he has an official name. It is Owen Ignatius Cornell Collier. We went through the court of Oklahoma to get the name changed. Because Oklahoma is one of those random states. Where you actually have to go through the court. And it's not just a formality paperwork deal. Uh, so my wife went to court. And said, hey, this is why we want to change it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the parent. Bitches. Did she and add the bitches? Was, when... No, no, oh. no, no. But that's basically her attitude and going into it. Missed opportunity. So, yeah. Now we have to uh, we have to get him a new social security card. We have to get him a new birth certificate. We have to sign new paperwork for his daycare. We have to do all the things. Well, that sounds so. like a headache for you guys. But uh, congratulations to Owen. Um, yeah, E O I N. Just yeah. so people out there are not confused, I'm not. I'm not going to name my kid O-W-E-N. That's, that's been overused. Wow. I love Owens. I've, I've known many of them, and they're all very good people. Wow. But no. <laughs> I'm trying to make a reference to Owen Wilson. Uh, <laughs> he's the only Owen that I could think of at that. Yeah, he's the only famous one I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, are there any other famous Owens? I'm sure there are. 
Did we have a president named Owen? Probably. It it sounds like it could be a presidential name. Well, if you want to go real niche, I, I did think of another famous Owen, although he's mildly famous. Uh, he, he was a writer from uh, mid... 20th century England. Uh, you might know some what some of his compatriots. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis. Oh yeah. Any of these yeah, people I ringing know that a bell? Guy. Yeah. yeah. He was in that group. Right. He was in that group of people. Owen Barfield. Okay. Yeah, that's the only other Owen I could think of off the top of my head that's mildly famous. Yeah, I don't know too many other Owens um, from the celebrity or other world. So, yeah. Yeah. I knew a guy um, named Owen growing up, but yeah. Your kid has COVID again. My, my kid has COVID for the second time in two months. How does that work? I don't know, but apparently... Did the COVID ever leave, or did it just go dormant? No, the COVID probably left. I just think that his immune system is stupid and bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's probably And it's also daycare. When they put Seamus in daycare, he didn't make it a week without getting sick. Yeah, he... And then... That started six months of someone in our house being sick straight. I kid you not. At least some one person in the house was sick for six months. Yeah, this I remember you telling me this and I stupidly thought I was going to be different. And now I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, my kid went to daycare for another week and came back with COVID. And now my wife has COVID and I don't have COVID and they're battling it out. The COVID. Um, And at this point we're out of free COVID tests. And one thing I realized is that the not free versions of the COVID tests are stupidly expensive. Yeah. Like these tests like probably cost Yeah, probably cost like fifty cents to produce. Yeah. But they're ten to twelve dollars a piece. And if you buy them in the two packs, you're spending like twenty five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's dumb. And also you're supposed to be like testing multiple times to like verify your status Mm. i don't know yeah exactly i roll i roll if if the government was really worried about that they would give you more than two tests per household or four tests per household like you know what i call that fake news yeah (laughs) oh man we're almost going down this like uh this like weird uh covid conspiracy rabbit trail let's not do that 
Yeah. Yeah, let's back away from that one. We're not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Whether but, fully uh, erected or not. 10, 10 feet? I mean, no, no. John My Holmes man. apparently had a huge penis. Yeah. Of course, I don't know anything about the guy outside of the movie where Val Kilmer played him. Wonderland, yeah. I think it was called. Probably, I mean, Wonderland was the movie with Val Kilmer where it was there was porn stars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Val Kilmer, great actor. Has he died yeah. yet? No, he's not dead, but he um, is in not good shape. He's not in good shape, and um, and I think like I think he had cancer that took part of his throat. And uh, well, if you had seen Maverick, you would have you would have known that because he makes an appearance and he can't talk. I knew that before the movie Maverick came out, and I didn't even have to go to Maverick to know that fact. So did you see Maverick? No, I didn't. It's it's way better than the original. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. And I heard it was it was really good. I just I I missed it somehow. You know, there was a bunch of movies this year that I wanted to see. And I know Maverick came out last year. So, yeah. that's not an excuse. But what are, what are years anymore? Years, who knows. I mean, I whenever know. you have a kid and it's still covid tied, I mean, years. Yeah. Yeah. Arbitrary time constructs. That's what I say. Uh, Speaking of movies, did you see any, like, best movies of the year? I don't know. Like, are we talking about that yet? I know this is our second to last episode. Well, it's usually those start popping up the last two weeks of December into January. So we're probably about to start getting the onslaught of bullcrap best of lists. Yeah, I've been, I've been really, really out of it this year. Uh, Like I have not. That's because you had a kid. Yeah, no, I know the reason. (laughs) But like, I I feel more disconnected with the current movie world than That's I've ever had a kid. Than I've ever. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. Than I've ever <laughs> felt before. I'm just I'm just saying like, maybe there is a reason for this, but it uh, it's still like shocking to do me. You, do you want to know what the reason is? Uh, it's because it's you be, had a kid. Because I had a kid. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, no, it's just funny to me because I'll be like going along and I'll like see like a poster for a film that's like called like Salt Fire and it's it's Mm -hmm. getting all this reviews and I've never heard of it until I saw this poster or something. And I Um, kid you fucking not. I, I, I can never 
tell you for sure if a movie came out this year or if it was like last year or the year before that. I have to look it up every single time because yeah. that is how ambiguous time is to me right now. <laughs> well, that's yeah, I get that. And and I think part of it is like this this ambiguity of time. Another part of it is I think that there's and this is maybe like a a, a deeper more sinister but not really like I don't think any one person is behind this but like the way my brain is used to kind of registering that new movies are on the horizon has completely changed I will see things advertised on um, on like Instagram for example or 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 some internet thing and I won't know if it's a TV show or a movie or an ad for like uh, perfume like or or erectile dysfunction pills yeah or erectile dysfunction pills or like gelutol or something like that mm-hmm. like yep you know um really like cuz they all have the same actors they all have the same actors <laughs> it's all kind of blurred and you know the advent of uh of like trailers for trailers for movies i think really fucked up the game like yeah it it was a bad call to have like teaser trailers not actually yeah. just be trailers and uh and i don't know it i don't get what the difference is it I know I'm just old man yelling at cloud right now, but I do think my old man brain is, is not built for this world. And, uh, well, and you and I both have largely, largely disconnected from social media. So that had to have played into our lack of the, constant onslaught of information that was going into our brains at all times whenever we would sign into an app or something like that i know since i mean even before covid well wait did i quit twitter before covid or was that after covid i think it was after i think it was after because i joined twitter and you were going strong for a little bit maybe not strong but like you were limping along. I was still holding out. I was yeah. holding out. And I stuck around a little bit longer than you. And it's actually been like a year since I stopped. Um, so you so stopped probably. way before that. So, A couple of years, maybe? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But Twitter was my main... Like, really the only time I see a trailer is if it pops up from a friend in a and a text message these days like the only reason i sent that trailer for the new alex garland movie was because Mm. someone else posted it in another text thread and i was like oh that looks like southland tales i haven't watched that trailer i haven't watched that trailer It's, it's it's not southland tales it's not crazy enough to be southland tales but the idea like Alex Garland seemed this this feels like a passion project for him because it's so yeah. that shit crazy, like it makes no sense what he's yeah. trying to do here. 
And that's what made me excited for it. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love it when directors just balls to wall, man. <laughs> so I feel like Alex Garland comes up every once in a while on our podcast. Uh, what are your feelings towards Alex Garland? I think he's a good writer. Mm. Sunshine is one of my all time favorite sci-fi films. Yeah. And he wrote that, but Danny Boyle directed it. Um, I largely don't find his directed films to work. Mm. Mm -hmm. I thought Annihilation was a slog, generally. Yeah. Uh, Ex Machina had some really good stuff in it. I just didn't think it fully came together um, by the end. And the, the one thing I will say for Alex Garland is that there are one or two scenes in, all, in both of those films that are really compelling scenes. Like, he framed them well. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they do a lot of um, exposition without exposition. Um, and so there's, there's, there's elements, but scenes, standalone scenes, don't make a movie for me. Mm-hmm. And so... Like, I think about those scenes a lot, but I don't think about the movies much at all. Um, yeah. And so I'm excited for this one because it looks just crazy. Like, it's yeah. like he, he didn't take his meds and he just scribbled out this, like, great idea that he had, like, in the back of a van down by the river or something. Uh, yeah. And- <laughs> And he was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, guys. I'm finally going to do it. I got enough money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you ever watch Devs? Uh, the, the show? I did, did not. I heard good things, though. You know, I think that you would find that equally frustrating. Okay. Um, uh, the reason why I bring it up is um, <laughs> it takes place... Like, some of it was actually filmed outside my old uh, office building, which oh, nice. was the, the if you've ever been to UC Santa Cruz, it is the McHenry Library. Uh, mm-hmm. The math department was on top of that. And so um, they would film it. They filmed some of these scenes, like, in the McHenry Library. And it's funny because or right outside the McHenry library, which is uh, right under my, um, our office. But like, uh, it's funny because you could see they had like scribbled all this stuff on, um, on the, the cement outside. So there are Mm -hmm. these cement walls. They had scribbled like chalk. um, Yeah. You know, to make it seem like, techie and and like they're thinking and they're writing you know wherever they're at uh i had a i had a a a peer she was in the grad program maybe a couple years um uh earlier than i but um she would frequently she was kind of a hippie type she would frequently take her classes out and uh do her classes kind of like that where she would scribble on the walls and stuff Mm -hmm. and our entire department got yelled at because there was 
you know, these markings on the walls and someone from the math department was doing it. And it just made me laugh to like see that like someone thought that actually looked cool and wanted to do that for a movie, but we couldn't do it in real life because you know, it, it wasn't what it was meant for anyway. Just, I know, I know. Yeah. It made me laugh. That's, that's an aside. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, the UCSC campus is beautiful. If you ever go to Santa Cruz, like visit it, uh, I, I felt lucky to be able to like do school in that area. So, um, it's cool. Um, good place to visit, bad place to live. Um, too expensive. Because of crime? Oh, gotcha. No. No, because... That doesn't seem like a place that would have high crime. (laughs) No. There's not high crime. There's just lots of classism. So, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh... But, yeah. I, I like Alex Garland. I think you're right. I think Annihilation... I don't even remember what that movie was about. I don't think Alex Garland probably knows what it's about. Um, yeah. I think if I probably would have liked it more if Stalker hadn't already existed. That's and I'm fair. not just saying like, I'm not just saying like, oh, you know, this movie is old, so it's better. I actually think like Andre Tarkovsky was very much into building some sort of like hope and Mm -hmm. and hopeful theology into his movies and he did that in stalker and here you have alex garland who's very nihilistic in his movies coming along and thinking he can do the same thing and basically like you know create the nihilistic version of stalker and i just don't think they hit I don't think it hits as well as Stalker. Well, I think and, that's... and Jeff Vandermeer probably cribbed a lot of his original book idea from Stalker, if I had to guess. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not so bothered by that. I know we've talked about. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, it's not plagiarism. It's it's plagiarism his own version stuff of it, like but, that, but yeah. it's yeah, yeah. Now I. Uh, yeah. Sometimes just because you're a good screenwriter doesn't mean you should go into other realms of the filmmaking. Um, did I you mean, some of those did ideas? Did you see are, Men? No, but I, I I heard about it. I heard about the end. Yeah, I actually um, <laughs> I think I liked Men much more than Annihilation. So really. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that one. So, uh, the 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 concept was interesting. Um, yeah, the, like I think the reason I never fully pulled the trigger and went to see it is because it almost felt a little bit too on the nose. But yeah, I it don't... could be on the nose in a fun way, and that would be fine. So, <laughs> I think it's on the nose, but I think it like. I don't know. It like messes, it messes with that. Okay. Gotcha. I don't, I don't, I don't think, 
I think if you think that it's like uh like a cautionary tale about about men and the way men terrorize women and that's the way that's what the movie is about that's maybe missing the point i don't know i just yeah it it felt <laughs> it felt too convoluted for that simple of a message i yeah. guess um i don't know you know who knows but yeah uh, no that makes sense but it was that fun. makes sense do you hear that no hold on i'm holding i'm holding on uh for those at home listening who can't see blake uh held up his finger gave me the give me a moment and uh took off his headphones i believe he is being called into the other room by uh, maybe one of his two children or maybe one of his uh, cats. My oldest was was oh. was crying. Oh. So my wife got up and took care of him right when I got out of the door. So. Oh. Is he having a tough time sleeping? Uh, let's call it the... Um, goes to sleep for two hours wakes up sometimes we rock him back to sleep goes to sleep and then about two hours later comes into our bedroom gets into our bed and sleeps the rest of the night with us oh that's the that's the stage we're in right now so and we're trying to make it through the uh to the to the new year before we try to get him to sleep in his own bed all night so do some training. Do some training. Ugh. Shape him up into a into a strong boy, or as he says, a stronger boy. I'm a stronger boy. Look at my elbows. That's what he <laughs> says. I mean, that's an important part. You don't want to skip elbow day. So no, no, you do not. That would yeah. be a massive mistake. Massive mistake. So yeah, Alex Garland. I'll be interested to see what your uh, thoughts on the the trailer for this, because I mean I'm excited largely because it's Jesse Plemons and uh, Kristen Dunst, uh, and um, what's his name from Parks and Rec? Oh, uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman is the president. Yeah, Nick Offerman was also in Devs. So. Yeah, that's that was the thing that almost got me to watch it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it could it could be a real piece of shit. You just never know. Who knows? I mean, some people thought Southland Tales was a piece of shit. Yeah, and those people were wrong. Some people who disagreed with them started a podcast fifteen years later. Yep, or so. True story. So yeah true story um cool yeah i'll have to check it out what is the name of that movie so Civil listeners can war 
Yeah, so if you're interested, check out Civil War trailer. Great title. Yeah. Like, just really nailed it. Yeah, don't get confused. When you search for Civil War trailer, you're probably going to get another movie. You actually might get multiple movies beyond this one. So uh, you'll probably have to use some Google Foo in order to yeah. make it through. So Probably more than likely the first movie that'll pop up is uh, uh, The Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. The Avengers so Civil War. You can just put A24 at the end of it. Civil War A24. And that would get you there. Or, as you learned earlier in this episode, Civil War, true indie film. Stamped by A24. Stamped, yeah, certified indie film. <laughs> An indie film certification. And because it's A24, it's, it's bound to be certified fresh. Yeah, it'll get, uh, it'll start with uh, 98%. And then mm-hmm. that'll dip down to like a 72 by the end of it. So yep. uh, mm-hmm. when they let all of the reviewers review. So, yeah. Yep, exactly. Did you ever read? Did you ever read that article where uh, I forget who it was? Uh, it could have been wired. Someone actually uh, did the investigation on this and showed that like Rotten Tomatoes was does manipulate scores in that way oh of course they do yeah yeah i mean it's it's an of course (laughs) um you know they just so you can't i mean they basically accused it of, of manipulating it in tons of different ways but one of the more successful ways is that you're allowed to like release certain groups of critics and then other groups of critics and, you know, so you just mm-hmm. front load the positive ones, make your movie look super positive and then trickle in the, the negative know, ones, the negative reviews after people, you know, already see this. And, you know, there's even like after people will put like, you know, 100 percent with an asterisk, you know, saying like, ah. you know, as of this day, you know, yeah, of course yep. you could do that. Um, so anyway, stats, man, stats, Stats. every time a stat is invented, someone figures out how to manipulate that stat. So, of course, yeah, yeah. that's the beauty of stats. Yeah. You just got to put in the right inputs to make it look a little bit better. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Because stats isn't math. Stats is an application of probability, which is math. So there you go. See, you're here to hear from the math expert. He has his doctorate folks. Listen to the man. So, yeah, I suppose this is a good time for me to get to my ulterior motive for, uh, for picking coherence, huh? Yeah. Uh, please. Talk to us a little bit about why you chose this. Oh, I'm just going to give a brief little thing on it. Uh, Because we have a really large listener base, and I would hate for one of my co-authors in this this volume to uh, hear the idea and, like, crib it, steal it from me. 
So I'm like keep it very vague. Um, <laughs> uh, my ulterior motive for picking this film was um, because I have to write a chapter on it before the end of January, and I have not written a damn thing. And so uh, I was like, I finally need to watch the movie again. I've seen it probably a couple other times. And I've been reading Hannah Arendt, uh, specifically her Eichmann in Jerusalem uh, report on the quote-unquote banality of evil. And here's, here's a trick, Jameson. If you want to know the, the madness of my mind, um, it really just surrounds the fact that I like to come up with random ideas and see if I can figure out a through line that connects them. Oh, yeah. And I think whatever happened whenever I thought up this idea for a chapter, I must have been thinking about Hannah Arendt and had watched Coherence, and I was like, I feel like I could make this work. <laughs> and, you know, that was like three years ago when I first signed up for this, and all of a sudden I'm like, I still think this could work. But what is the argument? <laughs> <laughs> Blake, I have never read Hannah Arendt, and I only kind of know of the banality of evil, like in a pop culture sense. So I don't mm -hmm. really feel like I, I, I have a good grasp on her arguments and and her well, it's it's the only book I've ever read. By observation her. on so, I mean so, her her. Her most known book is Origins of Totalitarianism. Mm -hmm. um, that's her most touted book. But this is probably the one that has the most uh, culturally. Um, sure. Popular idea in it. But with that being said, I think you can make it work. Oh, I, I think yeah. there's a, a through line in this. I've been uh, I've been loading my my listening this week with a philosophy podcast talking about the banality of evil. So, all right. But yeah, I'll make the I'll, I'll I'll make the connection somehow. Yeah, yeah. So, so do you hear uh, that? I do hear that. I do yeah, hear do. that. Uh, that's the banality of podcasting. There. That uh. is the banality of podcasting. <laughs> um. So, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, the movie. So, the movie surrounds a group of friends that it, it seems, it, for all appearances sake, it seems like they've been friends for quite a while. Um, that they're just getting together for a, a nice dinner together to, you know see each other again after a while and and they're just you know talking it up and whatnot um as the movie goes on you realize that there's a lot of unknown secrets and vague like backstabbings that go on in the background but you don't really know the full extent of them until like further on in the film but the thing that kind of brings all of that to a boil is this comet that is going overhead. It's, uh, I don't remember if they gave it a name. 
they they talk about it a lot of different um, phenomena that was comet related in history, um, most of which was probably folklore. But there's one incident that was actually real, um, and kind of bring it to this idea that um, the power goes out and they try to figure out why there's one house randomly down the street that has power mm-hmm. and some of them leave to go check it out and a lot of crazy shit happens after that let's just talk about uh the fact that well doppelgangers is pretty key to this uh yeah doppelgangers and uh interdimensional travel and just really weird shit happening and then uh, morale, like a moral element to the story on top of that. So yeah, not a moral of the story, but a moral element that is thrown in for, you know, contemplation for shits and giggles, you know, yep. uh, Blake, I have to stop you here because I don't know if you realized we're recording this episode about this batshit movie where batshit things happen when a comet is going by. And do you know what tonight is? No. Tonight is the Geminid meteor shower. There's like a rad meteor shower happening. So, uh, I guess, uh, I guess we should, uh, watch our six. So, you know, no, I'd rather watch my seven or watch your seven. everyone. Know, everyone knows about the six. Everyone. That's where everyone comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I if I was to try to come after you, I'd come at your five. Um, That's fair. That's fair. You know That's about the six and, and now you're watching the seven. So so you come up from behind. That's yeah. But but That's, slightly that makes sense. Yeah, askew. Yeah. yeah, just askew. Yeah, yeah. That's well. Let's see if anything strange happens, and and, and we'll kind of go from there. Um, one thing I love about this movie is, so it's it's a dinner party. Um, <laughs> another connection between our podcast is um one of the people actually it's it's the woman who owns the house mm-hmm. uh do you did you catch what company she works for no her her job is skype oh that's right because that they make a big deal out of skype being the way that they're going going to communicate when their phone screens crack yeah and yeah. um so it takes place in um it takes place in Silicon Valley um mm-hmm. and there's there's multiple references to my alma mater uh UC Santa Cruz which yeah. I keep talking about I'm sorry uh but I I just love it um It's a good place. It's a good place and Never been and, there. Good place. You know honestly part of the reason I, I think of this movie fondly, part of the reason I picked it, you know. So um, I, I just, I, 
yeah, it's cool. But uh, so she's a tech bro that works for Skype. We're using Skype right now. Connection between our podcast and the movie number two. Uh, meteor shower, Skype. Yeah. Wild. Uh, yep. But actually, one of the things I love about this movie is you have these these characters and at one point you realize that one of them is kind of like a B-list celebrity mm-hmm. um, who's been on a show. And do you remember the show they talk about in the movie? Yeah, Roswell. Roswell. I remember every time I've watched it, I've been like, oh, I should look up. I never watched Roswell. I should look up who he was mm-hmm. on Roswell. And it's played completely straight and believably. And you get the feeling that the actor might actually be kind of playing himself, this mm-hmm. guy who used to be on Roswell. Um, and it, it's such a... But not. He's not. He's not in Roswell. But he is in a Roswell-like show. Ah. He's in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, and he's okay. a character in that show. So it's it's interesting this this like uh twist on huh. on these nice. lives. Um I thought that was a I I didn't figure that out until this watch through because I had um I had the time to to look it up. So Did he strike you as a um as a knockoff Matt LeBlanc? Yes. I think that <laughs> Every time I watch this movie, 100%. Blake, it's like you were in my mind when you said that. Yeah. I kid you not. I mean, it happens every time I watch it, too. I, I'm like, the first thing I think is, is that Matt LeBlanc? No, that's not Matt LeBlanc. But, man, it looks kind of looks like Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. Yeah. No. I 100% agree with that. So... Yeah. 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 I, uh, this, I mean, it really is, you can tell it's improv Mm -hmm. because of how, like, like none of those people were friends or they had vague, like connections before they did this movie together. Mm -hmm. But the woman who did made the supper for the, the evening in the movie actually made the food and oh. they like actually met briefly before they started filming, but largely they started filming around this dinner table, and they had to like act like they were like old buddies, and uh, and so part of part of what I like, if if any of this is actually true, um, which I Give gotta it. hope it is. I, I well, I given this. Is. Given this movie, who knows, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, if it is true, that is really cool. Um, and speaks to the level of their improv- improvisational skills that they're able to just pull it off and, and make you actually feel like these people have known each other for a long time. Um, because it does. I mean, it feels like they feel like pretty real people 
And yeah. I think that's what works so well is it, it feels very um, realistic and natural in that way. Uh, it's, it's almost like a weird, uh, you know, those movies that have one setting and there's always like a group of people and they're just like figuring shit out. Uh, yes. and that's the whole movie. Yes. It feels like it's going to be that. And then some weird shit just happens and they have to like go outside of that. But what he's doing at the beginning is just like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to start with this like really like interesting collection of people and help you try to figure out like why do they like each other (laughs) well blake i mean it is kind of that you know those yeah those types of movies are called bottle episodes or like things like that Uh, Mm um if you'll allow me a little bit of a math pun this is a yeah this movie is like a klein bottle episode okay uh uh yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but uh, no. <laughs> the Klein bottle is a it's a um, a Mobius strip. Do you know uh, what that is? Yep, but, I do. But you attach, so you create a Mobius strip, and then you attach it to itself again. But it actually only exists in. Um, in higher dimensions, like the actual representation of it. So, you know, I don't know. I'm making a dumb joke on how this movie does take place in one, one place, but uh, yeah. Well, our smarter listeners will, will probably be gleefully chuckling at that one. Whereas the, uh, the dummies in the room, like your, your co-hosters, I'm just standing here. I'm like, Blake, knowing about math doesn't make you cool. So uh, I think I didn't you're. Say anything about cool? It doesn't I said make you smart. It doesn't actually make you smart either. It just uh, makes you good at math. Sometimes makes you makes you pretty smart with math. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm very giddy at that at that pun. Klein bottle episode but uh, no, i think but, i think you deserve every bit of it and sorry <laughs> that i didn't understand it enough to give you the the no. feedback you needed to make you feel good about yourself i'm pretty sure i'm the only person who will get that joke but it's okay um but you're right one thing about movies like this is the science is absolutely bullshit And so if if you're trying to draw me in by using the science, it's probably not going to work. But I if I have something else to latch on to. So like what you're talking about, the you know, the real connection, these people, Mm -hmm. the acting, you know, the believability that this guy was on Roswell, you know, and all these all these like kind of risky lies between these actors you know um and make it believable uh you're gonna pull me in and yeah if you can like make me want to believe the science that you're peddling the bullshit that Mm -hmm. you're peddling that means you've done a really good job (laughs) so yeah yeah yeah. well and, and, and i mean it allows for a lot of really good 
ideas to kind of proliferate from it, uh, even if the science itself is kind of skin deep, if you think sure. about it too long. Um, but I think the thing, I this time I noticed how good of a burn it, it provided to uh, knock off Matt LeBlanc whenever it's revealed that he had sex with uh, one of his friend's wife and everyone <laughs> knew about it except for the friend. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's, he's like, no, seriously, it's not me. Like we're in, there's all these dimensions go around and, and in all of them, I fucked your wife. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <Burn. laughs> I, I thought that was really funny. I did get the feeling. I did get the feeling it was like, it was like during a time before they were married. Like, yeah, but it was still like something you don't like. That's not a secret. Keep away from someone. Yeah. 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 Especially when everyone else knows in the room. (laughs) Everybody else knows. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was, uh, I, I, that joke hit me really well. (laughs) this time yeah. um and then he gets punched for it which oh yeah is yeah. is the right reaction yeah of course who knows of if course. he gets punched uh in every dimension but mm-hmm. so did you find the because because there's elements of the movie where they're trying to pull off some primer type stuff like like the whole you know having the other alternate versions of themselves come in and steal the box with the pictures in it, blah, blah, blah. And, and how, like at some point she's like writing down numbers on the pictures and, and she doesn't realize that she's doing exactly what was in the the picture box in the first place. And yet the numbers are slightly different. She's trying to figure out who's who and whatnot. I was like, this feels like primer without the actual science behind it. <laughs> well, primer. Yeah. Primer is not perfect, but at least primer, you get the sense that they actually like walked through it and they were like, okay, so if this happened, theoretically, this would happen, blah, blah, blah. And they were like going through all the possible ways in order to make it as closed as possible. Um, this one felt a lot more open-ended. Um, yes. Well, Actually, one thing I like about this, too, that so Primer, you know, Primer does its thing and there is a similarity, I feel like, in what you're getting at, because at some point in Primer, the characters realize, like, it's out of control and we have to wind it back. And then they realize Mm -hmm. how hard that is to actually do. And, um, and I think in this movie, it's kind of the same thing. Like there's, uh, there's a point where they think that they can just kind of backtrack. They can do their, their thing and they can get back. And then they, you know, they do this like napkin calculation on how many universes there are. Um, you know, and Mm -hmm. they, (laughs) it's funny because they do kind of, a. uh, a like community version of the uh of the multiverse theory where they, mm-hmm. they roll dice and that creates a new universe and stuff like that but uh but like 
you know, again, this is a, a pop version of of multiverse theory. I don't actually know if anyone takes multiverse theory like seriously, truly um, seriously, yeah. truly seriously. I'm not a physicist, but uh, one thing I like about this movie, and one thing that I find like so uncompelling about just like the idea that there are infinities of of multiverses that just split off every every second is that it it means that there's no that like morality is a mistake or a a thing like that there's no like moral uh pull to the way that you are living your life uh, if like if you're holding a baby and there's a universe where you throw that baby off a cliff, then uh, then like truly things don't really like matter. Um, yeah. And and you just kind of live in a universe where there's kind of this mistaken pull to be quote unquote good where you care for that child or something yeah. like that. And I feel like this movie takes that seriously, whether it intends to or not, it might actually just be a, uh, <laughs> a resource. Like you can't show uh, an uncountably infinite amount of univers- yeah. universes, yeah. but you can see that these characters have these poles to, you know, to their lives. So there are, mm-hmm. even though they're splitting off, they're they want to kind of stick together there is a coherence you know yes to how they Mm -hmm. want to live their life um so like uh you know it doesn't quite go into into like what i would call like batshit version of multiverse theory to you know do whatever it wants and i think like i don't know uh uh it it just it's compelling because it uses these doppelgangers, but each of these doppelgangers are actually like versions of these characters. You know, you believe yeah. that they have the same kind of goal to be, mm-hmm. you know, be yep. a, a good person, the best person of this person. And it actually creates some competition too. Yeah, well, like our lead character is what what we could tell from the universes we were allowed into was always in ballet. She yeah. was always pulled towards ballet. Sometimes she was successful, sometimes she wasn't, depending on, but like that was a pull. And so, um, and I, and I think that's what's so interesting about that is that she ultimately ends up finding herself in a house with people she doesn't actually believe are the people that she started out the movie with. And Mm -hmm. so she leaves and she starts looking in all the windows of these houses with the different versions of, of everybody in, in them. And she finds the one where she's back with, or she's, there seems to be a absolute love between her and her boyfriend or ex or something um 
And she wants that so bad by the end of the movie that she decides to kill that version of herself or at least get disposed of that person. But yeah. even then, she gets caught. Yeah. By the the very last frame of the movie, she gets caught. And so there's there's almost a uh, an, an interesting justice in that, no it doesn't mean you can just flip from one dimension to the other and be whichever one you want to be. No, there's rules. There's, yeah. you are this person. There is no taking over these other versions of you. And so if they were going to go batshit crazy, like just embrace, you know, this pop psychology idea of, of multiverse, then they would have let her live that life and, have mm-hmm. a happy ending but they didn't because i think ultimately they they believe in this idea of the coherence and the the coherence is even if there is other dimensions they're living their life and they cannot intrude upon yours mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it does matter what you do yeah with this version of you like <laughs> you don't even need to worry about them they may be out there it doesn't matter though <laughs> so because there's no crossover there's no becoming that one (laughs) yeah so uh i know at the beginning of the episode i mentioned um black swan and i think you you touched on one of the big connections which is ballet uh this Mm, character that's fair and you don't ever see her perform ballet but you learn a little bit about her story about how she was an understudy and she had another understudy under her who came and kind of swooped in and took over her Mm -hmm. life. And a character kind of uh, makes that connection and is like, Oh, this, this person is living the life that you should be living. And that kind of starts in motion uh, in her mind this idea of taking back, you know, someone else's life. And yeah. I think that's, that's ultimately like what she tries to do. And, um, which would make end, her in effect, an understudy of herself, an understudy of herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which anyway, interesting. And like that, like, you know, I'm, I'm drunk and high in college kind of way. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm drunk and high at the Adam Sandler show. I mean, there's that. There yeah. is that. That, that is true. I. Oh man, we were gonna record this a few days ago. Yeah. And I was gonna ask you all about the Adam Sandler show, and I was gonna talk was about. I was going to talk about seeing uh, Antichrist Demon Corps. Um, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I think we I should forgot. just analyze people with that. We can we can talk about that later. Okay. Re- remind us to talk about that on the next episode. Yeah, I'm not going to remember. Okay, well, fine. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I went to see Adam Sandler and he went to see Antichrist Demon Corps, which is 
one of the greatest sounding band names of all time, <laughs> honestly. When yeah. he told me he was going to see them, I was like, I don't know who that is, but it sounds great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Would you say, would you call it dad bod metal? Uh, they were definitely dad bod mode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, dad bod power violence, though. Ooh. Uh, that's that's the genre uh, or grindcore. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, but it was I pretty know it funny. By grindcore. Yeah. It it was it was pretty funny to see uh, these these guys who kind of like they have an they have an album called like Satan is King, and you know it's it's all this uh, all this transgressive you know against uh, organized religion stuff mm-hmm. but you know they get up and they're like dads and they like have wedding rings on so like you know like <laughs> you know they don't take satanism very seriously not that yeah. you can't be a satanist and and married but you know some yeah. sort of organized institution and then like the uh <laughs> the lead singer like gets up and he's like uh, I I'm food poisoned, and so it's just like these old guys trying to scream "Satan is king" and make everyone you know go wild. And uh, that is yeah, awesome. It was it was a pretty fun image. Um, that sounds they, amazing. They ended the show early, and they were like, "This is our last song. It's ten seconds long. I hope I make it through." <laughs> <laughs> and it was 10 seconds long, so, yeah. That is, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to go into Adam Sandler. I feel like that, that, that would be good fodder for another time. But, uh, I did, I'm glad you, you talked about the band you saw, because that's brilliant. There was, uh, there was a o- opener. It was this band called Brat from new orleans um mm-hmm. and they were also grindcore but uh their kind of shtick was uh bimbo violence <laughs> so the lead uh the lead screamer is this little tiny blonde girl who um yeah doesn't necessarily look like she belongs in this mm-hmm. you know tough band and one thing about grindcore is that they like to do like samples in between songs and a lot of times like grindcore samples are horror movies or really intense Mm -hmm. action movie things uh you know just just to kind of set a dirty gross mood yeah but all of their samples were like 90s and 2000s pop songs or like oh gosh techno and it was great no it was great it was legitimately good because the their songs that went on like two minutes long the pit would be taken over by these like really big dudes who would like flail their arms and just kind of take over <laughs> but at the beginning of the song they would play these these pop song intros 
And I was at the front and there was this lineup of really tiny girls who just would go wild whenever they would play these. And it was like (laughs) their time in the pit and they would like take over the pit and just go wild. And then like, you know, it was, uh, it was was really (laughs) quite a thing. So that is awesome. Yeah. And it was called brat. Yeah. Brat from new Orleans. I'm going to have to look that up. That sounds, sounds fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, I know that the the listeners can't see this, but did you notice the shirt I have on? I can see the word Jed and Jed and Clark and Benny's and Fucks and Norris and Palmer and Cooper and Windows and Gary and Childs and there's another word. What's under Childs? Uh Miss, your the screen went blurry, and McReady. Do you know who those people are? Uh yes. Why am I blanking? I know who they are. I got this what? for my birthday. <laughs> no, all of these names. Uh And by the way, it's not Fox, it's Fuchs. I know, it's Fuchs. <laughs> I... Especially McCready, that's the one you really should know. Oh yeah, no, I just watched this. The thing. Yeah. I was like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I know all these names. Why is it Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm but it's very... in that Helvetica style. Yeah. No, it. <laughs> it's very confusing because of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, does this movie pull it off? Yeah. I think so too. You know what helps this movie pull it off? What's that? The fact that I know that there was 10 people making this movie work. Oh, like, yeah. I and I don't mean that in like, you don't feel like you're having to give them credit. Like, you're not trying to give them participation points. Yeah. But you know it wasn't overworked. That's what I no. mean. Not at all. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think if. Because I always think about like <clears throat> movies that end on a. Not necessarily a dour note, but like a. A note that gives the viewer this moral conundrum. So like the one that comes to mind most clearly, the one the one example is the ring the american version specifically where the final one of the final scenes is her having her son push in the tape to record it record the tape the idea is she's keeping him alive but she's dooming someone else 
Yeah. So, of course, like, that's... As a parent, you totally understand why she would do that. That's a moral conundrum. You know, classic moral conundrum. <laughs> would you doom someone else to save someone that you, you love? Um, and so I, I appreciate movies that end on that kind of note. And what I like about this one specifically is that it, it almost makes you think it's going to end on that note. And then the Skype comes back around. (laughs) Yeah. And, and her boyfriend, when she's almost clear of like getting this life back that she's wanted, her boyfriend gets a call from her or the version of her that's actually in that dimension. Yeah. Saying like, yeah, I, I, do you actually hear anything she says on it? No, I don't think you, so. I think you just hear whispers, but you see him look up and give her this like look of suspicion and like, just like, who the fuck are you kind of thing. And that's where it cuts. And I'm like, that is, that is beautifully done because within the 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 kind of mousetrap that they've created with this movie like you don't have any idea what that means mm. like for for her like what happens then like does he feel the need to kill her like or or what does she like dissolve into her own dimension like what is what's the next step here i found that really compelling yeah, there, there's zero resolution in that way. Yeah, um, no. And, I mean, you don't even know, like, you get the sense that the reality that she goes to, they hadn't discovered at that point, like, that, mm-hmm. uh, that there was all this chaos going around. Yeah. And so, you know, they in in a sense there's not really even a way to tell these two people apart for them you know they wouldn't know who the real m was that was her name m Mm -hmm. um in the movie um and you know i think the only thing maybe the the one who makes the phone call has going for her is that she was attacked by uh, yeah. the other one. And that's that's probably a believable thing, given that she's going to have the wounds to show it. Um, but, you know, what's really fun is that if this multidimensional thing is is what the movie's going with, it may not have even been her that called him. It may have been an, an M from another dimension who just wanted to fuck with the, yeah, the one that she saw earlier that's going around <laughs> looking in all the windows. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, and as we've discussed before, um, if this M felt compelled to do this, there was probably mm-hmm. some other M's that that also wanted to go down that path. Yeah. Uh, so. Maybe there were. I mean, technically, you could say that all of them coherently would have wanted to go down that path. Sure. On some level. On some level. <laughs> um, but it is interesting. I actually didn't put it together uh, until you said it. Uh, Skype uh, 
the she calls the boyfriend on Skype. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that it's that you know Skype sound that yep. still is is still happening. I still hear yep. it when they you haven't call changed me, it. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, remember when Skype was king, and then uh, and then it oh, dropped the ball. The pandemic yeah, I, happened, and Zoom took over. I feel like it was already dying before the before the pandemic, though. I I remember like when the pandemic happened, everybody was like, "Zoom us, Zoom me, we have Zoom," and I was like, "What the fuck is Zoom? <laughs> Do you just mean Skype? Like, <laughs> did well, they change what? their name?" Yeah, yeah. One, can't we just say video call? Weird time to rebrand, bro. Yeah. Well, what it was was like Zoom had made all of these deals with higher education places mm-hmm. and academic institutes. And so it was like, I don't know. I don't know if you like have gone to college or what, uh, but if you go to a college, you'll realize that they have all of these agreements with weird ass off brand yeah. softwares. And yep. so I think at that time zoom was like a weird ass off brand version of Skype. And yeah. it was what these institutes use. And then everybody went home and I had to teach a bazillion people from, uh, from, my house and the pathway that I had to do it was through zoom. And so I felt like everybody was zooming because at least colleges were zooming and that, and, and, and you know why, you know why the elites, man, the elites, the elites. The elites elites. decide what, what, what the rest of us use. It's called, it's called trickle down elitism. Yeah. Trickle down, zoom, zoom down elitism. That's or, that's the one that I was looking. Or is in my son's PJ Mask book. Trickle down zoomzania. Yeah, exactly. Yep. True story. Uh, all right, Blake. Do you got any final thoughts? No, I don't got jack shit. <laughs> Do you feel better going into writing your chapter? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna have to get done regardless, even if it's a, even if it's a piece of trash. Pizza trash. Pizza trash. Pizza trash. Why anyone would do that? All parts of pizza are equally good. Uh, yeah. So, there should be no trash, is what I'm saying. Don't throw the pizza. Don't throw the pizza in the trash. No one puts pizza in the crust. I might even argue that the crust is slightly better. Maybe. Alright, so, uh, I'm gonna say let's wrap up the talk on the film. We have one more episode this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
it may not happen until beginning of next year, but it's, sure. it's the end of the year wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it'll be it'll be the end of, of season two of Flyby Films. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we'll we'll start season three. But uh, w- what are we doing in the end of the year episode? Do we want to give any uh, tantalizing breadcrumbs? Well, I haven't formulated the game fully yet. I've gotten some ideas down. Ooh. Um, but this is going to be a reverse of last year's uh, final episode where I will be quizzing jameson um i've got a few things to kind of throw you know throw a wrench in the plan see if i can catch jameson off guard a little bit but yeah don't don't worry jameson i'll give you a rundown on on anything that you need to be prepared for i'll probably give you the same you have to remind me of what options you gave me because phone a friend was one i know but (laughs) um because i actually did phone a friend that was, was fun. Terrifi- he was terrified yeah. when I called him. He's like, well, is everything all right, bro? <laughs> who who did you end up calling? Blaine. Blaine Grimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was the one I knew would know the answer pretty easily. So Did he? I forget oh, if you yep. got that one. Yeah. I think I got like, I think he had like seven questions. I think I got like five of them right. Yeah. Yeah, Something you did like pretty that. well. Yeah. yeah, surprisingly. But yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some wrenches in the plan. I'm going I'm to mix it up a little bit. But yeah, it's ultimately going to end in a Flyby Films Season 2 film ranking. Where we take all of our films that we've watched this year and we rank them. With, you know, things thrown in to jack up the rankings yes. beyond our control. So... So we're yeah, we're we're going to put together the uh top 10 list of 2023's uh films that were covered on Flyby Films. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what we're going to do. It's it's the most anticipated list of of the year, I know. It's easily the most interesting and the most um versatile list that you'll read or here on the internet. Absolutely. Yep. No doubt. So get ready. Hold on to your balls. Or a vagina, if that's your organ of choice. Or both. Yeah. Maybe you've got some, uh, some like super balls, you know, those bouncy balls in one hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're free to grab whatever you want with the other. I've been trying to teach Seamus that uh, that a vagina is just an inverted penis. How do you feel about that, Jameson? Um, I haven't actually been trying to teach him that. <laughs> I, I just joke I, with people and tell them that I'm teaching him that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why be- it fits like a glove, son. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think, I think if that's all you're teaching, there's gonna be some, uh, some confused biology later on in his mind. So, yeah. Oh, Blake, 
We almost made it through to the end and you froze. <laughs> oh, there you are. I'm here. I hear your beautiful breath. Yeah. I, yeah. You actually are like, uh, looks like you're giggling right now. Just frozen in a giggle. Just mode. frozen giggle. Yeah. <sighs> That's... <laughs> you okay there? I'm I'm great. Need a breath right. mint. Um. Okay. Well, I think that about covers it. We we bullshat. We uh, talked about the movie. Not only that, did we talk about the movie, we talked about it coherently. We talked about it coherently. Yeah. And then uh, we talked about our next episode and gave our listeners a little bit of a yeah a little bit of a leading so man Wait, so jameson jameson whose pick was this movie well it was my pick right oh yeah yeah that's right yeah cool just checking yeah had a false memory or something yeah well um Blake I really enjoyed this podcast. I enjoyed watching your pick. Uh and Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a pretty solid end of year pick. Yeah, good job. Um anyway, uh All right. I, well, bye. Bye.